Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. As pleasing, as delightful, as pleasant as the aroma of an ointment or a perfume is, and it brings delight to the heart, so too is the sweetness of a man's friend who gives hearty counsel. In other words, this is a true friend. It's refreshing. It brings delight to you. It is the sweetness of a man's friend who has that word fitly spoken. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. When you have a true friend in your life, they're with you in the good and the bad, and they're not afraid to tell you the truth. Hearing the truth might be helpful, or it could be hurtful at times. Today, Pastor J.D. makes it clear that there's a benefit to taking input and advice from people who'll be straight with you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 27 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. If you're unwilling to tell them the truth and you know it's going to wound them, but you love them enough to tell them that which is going to wound them, that's what a true friend is. And in your unwillingness, they might appreciate it initially, but I would submit to you that eventually they're going to resent it. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, because I thought you were going to get mad and I knew it would upset you and I didn't want to tell you the truth. Well, if you really cared, you would tell me. I mean, it doesn't give us a license to be, you know, harsh and, you know, mean. And I mean, you speak the truth in love because of love. If you really love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth. You're going to speak the truth into their life. And here's the thing, verse 5, very interesting. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. You know what that's saying? That it's actually better to have somebody openly confront you and rebuke you than it is to have somebody who really loves you but doesn't say anything. It's basically carefully concealed. It's better to have somebody just get up in your grill in love. (laughs) Again, not a license to be harsh, but just lovingly say, you know, I love you enough to tell you this. And if I didn't love you, because I'm your friend and I care about you, I have to say this to you. You're a jerk. (laughs) In Jesus' name, you're a jerk. Pooh! How dare me? What about you? Well, initially, again, they might resent it, but eventually they will so appreciate it. Let me say one last thing on this before we move on to verse 7. I think every single one of us should have at least one friend like this. I do. He's on the mainland. Talk to him every week. And we're going to see this again here in a moment later on in the chapter. But I know he really loves me and he cares about me because he'll speak truth to me. He won't hold back. 
And yeah, initially, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, just, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I receive that. You know, I thank, I thank you so much for pointing out that weakness in my life. No, I'm just like you. I'm combative. And well, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Yes, you do. No, it's not, it's not that bad. No, it's worse than you think. <laughs> it is? I am? I am? I, I do? Yeah. Oh, just, it just, it, it hurts. But it's the truth. You know, and initially, I mean, I don't warm up to it. And well, it'll get kind of heated a little bit, you know, and I'll kind of go back and then I can do the same thing to him. And, you know, sometimes I say, well, you know, okay, well, while we're on the topic, <laughs> let's talk about you. You know, I just, that's my response. But I so appreciate it. In fact, it's to the point now where I actually look forward to it. And I know that if there's a blind spot in my life, this brother, this friend loves me enough to rebuke me openly and confront me honestly and wound me lovingly. And that's what the proverb is saying. Verse 7, a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. In other words, uh, when you truly appreciate even the little things, everything is sweet. But if you're full and you're, you've tried to satisfy yourself with the things of this world, you're going to loathe every little thing. It's not going to appeal to you. You won't have any appetite for it. You loathe it. But when you're truly, genuinely grateful, there's a spiritual hunger in your soul, and you appreciate, even if it's bitter, it'll be sweet because you're so hungry and appreciative. Verse 8, like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. This is what is known as wanderlust. You know what it is when you kind of get antsy, discontent, and you start wandering and seeking out something to kind of be a little bit more exciting. This can happen in a marriage with a husband, with a wife, and they wander from their place. I think this speaks to the importance of contentment, being content. I've heard it said this way, when the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence, fertilize your own grass. Fertilize your own grass. Verse 9, ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. They've actually done studies on this, and you might, when I say this, you might understand this, but the power of smell, the sense of smell, you know we have the senses, the touch, feel, taste, smell, hear, see, the smell, it goes right directly to a certain part of the brain, 
and it activates and triggers memories. That's why it is that a certain scent can be so powerful. And so what this proverb is saying is that as pleasing, as delightful, as pleasant as the aroma of an ointment or a perfume is, and it brings delight to the heart, so too is the sweetness of a man's friend who gives hearty counsel. In other words, this is a true friend. It's refreshing. It brings delight to you. It is the sweetness of a man's friend who has that word fitly spoken. Verse 10, do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, nor Go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Now this is basically saying, listen, you've uh, hit on some hard times. The day of calamity, adversity strikes. (laughs) Don't go to your brother that's far away when you've got a neighbor close by. That's better go to that neighbor. Verse 11, my son, be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. Um, I'm going to have to ask you to be patient with me on this one, because it's a proverb that speaks to the problem of parenting, and I'll explain. (laughs) You have a parent here, that is saying to his son, um, don't give anyone any reason to bring reproach to me. Make me proud. Be wise. Make my heart glad, because there's so many people out there that are looking for a cause, a criticism against how we brought you up in the ways of the Lord, the fear and the admonition of the Lord. So when they come to me and they say to me, look at your children, you brought them up in a strict Christian legalistic home. No wonder they turned out like that. That's what it's saying. That uh, so much for your your Christianity, your kid is the worst. <laughs> They're off, they want nothing to do with the things of the Lord, and it comes back on you. My son, don't give them any reason or any cause to bring that reproach upon me. You know, parents today, I believe, have the hardest job in the world bar none, (laughs) bar none, especially in this day and age. And I'll tell you, there's enough in the way of enemies of Christ that are just waiting on standby to bring an accusation, to bring a criticism to how you're parenting and raising your children. And I think this proverb is apropos in the sense that it's an encouragement to parents, (laughs) because we are doing the right thing, and it's not based on what other people say about us or our children or our families. And this works in the marriage relationship as well. Verse 12, 
We talked about this before, but this proverb says the same thing in a different way. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. In other words, it's a prudent man, a prudent woman who sees the evil ahead, the judgment that's coming, and they do something about it. Whereas the fool, the simple, they just keep going and they suffer the consequences of their folly. They suffer under the wrath of the punishment. Verse 13, we also have seen this throughout our study of the Proverbs, talking about surety. Take the garment of him who is surety for a stranger, and hold it in pledge when he is surety for a seductress. Best way to explain this is that surety is borrowing or co-signing without a sure way to pay it back. Do not be surety. Do not be in surety. It's a banking term, if you will. Verse 14. (laughs) I hope you don't mind if I have a little bit of fun with this one. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. Now what's this saying? Well, I think it's saying a couple things. First of all, be sensitive. Don't be so insensitive as to have an inappropriate greeting or response. I think about the person, especially early in the morning, and especially for those who are not morning people, and you know who you are, (laughs) that loud, even if they're saying something nice, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I'm blessing you. Yeah, but it's too early for that. I would rather sleep than have you bless me. It's more like a curse because you woke me up. I need to get my sleep. But I think it also speaks, perhaps more importantly, to the importance of timing. Just (laughs) timing is everything. Have you ever heard that expression? Timing is, you can say the right thing. I mean the perfect thing at the wrong time. This is talking about being sensitive to when's the right time. Timing is everything. When my uh, daughter says, hey, will you talk to mom about this? Sure, I'll talk to mom about this, but not right now. It's not a good time. Timing is everything. You need to be discerning, concerning the timing. Verse 15. She's back. (laughs) We've gotten to know her throughout the book of Proverbs. You know her as the contentious wife. She's back. Right here, verse 15. A continual dripping on a very rainy day, and a contentious woman are alike. Drip, drip, drip. And you can't do anything about it because it's raining. You have to wait for the rain to stop. But the problem is, the rain won't stop. She won't stop. She just keeps going and going and nagging and nagging and fighting and fighting and arguing and arguing and drip, 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 drip. 
Now you want to try to do something about it? Listen to verse 16. Whoever restrains her, restrains the wind. How's that working out for you? And grasps oil with his right hand. In other words, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to work. You want to try to stop it? It's like restraining the wind. You want to stop the drip, 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 drip. It's just annoying even me doing that. Drip, drip, right? Just like grasping oil. You can't grasp a handful of oil. It's going to slip right through your hands. It's an exercise in futility. Verse 17, this is what I wanted to talk about. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So we live in a day and age now where we have all of these, you know, time-saving electronic devices known as knife sharpeners. You just stick the knife in there. It's nice and sharp. Or you can take it in and have them professionally done. Or you can buy those knives that they advertise in those infomercials that I guess never need to be sharp, sharpened. They're so sharp, they stay sharp. I don't know, I've never bought those. I don't know if you have, but this is talking about a time when the way you would sharpen uh, is you would take two knives. When I was a kid, I remember my mom doing this. My mom was a cook, owned a restaurant, and was a very good cook. Oh, goodness gracious. You know how she would sharpen the knives? She would take two knives and she would go like this. And sparks would fly. And there was friction and it would get heated. But that's how they would get sharpened. That's what the proverb is saying. (laughs) That's a friend. Remember that friend that just really wounded you and hurt you by telling you the truth? Well, he's here too. She's here too. That's a true friend. Well, the sparks might fly. (laughs) It might get heated. There's going to be friction, but that's a good thing. Because that's how the sharpening takes place. And it even gets more descriptive because it talks about sharpening the countenance of his friend. Kind of gives it the idea that this friction, this heated relationship and friendship that is sharpening my countenance is lifting my countenance. And had it not been for that friction, those sparks flying, and the heat from the sharpening process, it would not have had that effect on my countenance. Again, every single one of us should have a friend like this. And pity the man, pity the woman. You'll forgive me for saying it so strongly, but I do genuinely feel sorry for anyone that does not have a friend like this. A friend who loves you enough to say, listen, um, I know this is going to get heated. I know the sparks might fly. Some of you are looking at me going, that's my marriage. Well, that's a good thing then. That's a good thing. Yeah, but it it gets heated. Uh, Between us, those uh, heated arguments, we don't, uh, you know, as pastors, I heard one pastor say, you know, pastors don't call them heated arguments. We call them 
intense fellowship. That's what pastors and pastors' wives do. We have intense fellowship. (laughs) No, we argue. We argue. And it gets heated. And the sparks fly. And there's friction. But what comes out of it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Again, I'll say it. I hope you don't mind me saying it. (laughs) And I say it out of a sincere heart. You really (laughs) are being robbed if you don't have a friend like this that can sharpen your countenance. That even though there's friction, even though it can get heated, you have a friend that cares enough and loves you enough like that. Verse 18, whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit, so he who waits on his master will be honored. I think this speaks in the spiritual sense to how we are faithful servants to our masters, so that on that great and final day we can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Verse 19, as in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. So picture this with me. Um, You're looking into the water, and what do you see? You see a mirror reflection of your face. Okay, so just as that water is a mirror reflection of your face, so is your heart a mirror reflection of who you are. We have a problem now because we don't know our hearts. We can't know our hearts. Jeremiah says, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Who can know them? They are beyond repair. And to make matters even worse than we can't know our own hearts, what's in our hearts, we can't see the heart. We only see the outward appearance. God sees the heart. And so if it's the heart of man that reveals the man, how am I going to know what's in my heart? Oh, the mirror of God's Word. See, the mirror of God's Word shows us us, the way God sees us, what's in our hearts. And so Because we can't see what's in our heart, we have to go to the one who can, if we want to see what is in our hearts, because that reveals who we really are. Proverbs is a book of action. The sage life applications written in its pages not only give you something to think about, but they inspire you to act upon what you've read. As you continue to study this book with Pastor J.D., approach each nugget of wisdom prayerfully, asking God to show you how you can incorporate it into your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we could be doing that for you? You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. 
Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. It can help you start a conversation with someone you love. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true to you.